Oh, hold on. Give me a moment. Uh, just hold on. Turn your camera on and off. Wait a minute. It's uh, it's just starting. It'll come. There we go. Okay. All right, so you you just said something like that you got fed up with noting. Um, I don't know if it's exactly getting fed up. It was. Don't analyze the word fed up. We know what it okay. means. Okay. You become annoyed. You're not getting anything about it, out of it. You're asking, what's the point? Yeah. That's what we mean by fed up. Which is a different concept than overwhelmed by. Yeah. So you're fed up with noting. And so my response to that was, why don't you get fed up with getting fed up? Well, that, that would be the smart thing to do, wouldn't it be? <laughs> I would think so. Because otherwise, you're just getting fed up ignorantly. Never mind what you're doing. Is that yeah. you get fed up. You're not getting any joy out of it, for one thing. Yeah. All right. So why would you want to do an unjoyful noting? Well, I I don't think I, I wanted to do it, but I I found it harder to bring joy into a noting practice than other practices, I guess. Well, so you're actually saying that now you know how to fail, And that is by doing noting when you can't get any joy out of it. And then yeah. you get fed up with it. All right, so why don't you do something new? Why don't you get, do something that brings joy? I did. What? Uh, I was doing the... Just focusing on my breathing without noting it. And then... How um, can you do that? That's not possible. It's not? No. Focusing on your breath is, in fact, noting it. You're looking at it. You're watching it. You see it. You note it. And then there's the other kind of thing that you can do, and that is talk to yourself about it, labeling it, which is what a lot of people misunderstand and think the Mahasi method of noting is, when, in fact, it's not. Basically, I could go so far as to say that the problem is with the word noting. That that's the problem word. Why? Because the students hear the word and they do something different. They hear okay. what the word, they hear the word that's used in a certain context and they automatically, because they've always used the word in a different context, and so they use it in that different context rather than the intentional reason for it. Let's use it. Let's do it this way. Let's use the example of 
the word witness so that we can get a clear understanding of what we're talking about here. There's two kinds of witnesses. The first kind of witness is the guy who saw it. He was there. He looked. He watched. Whatever it was, it could have been an accident or uh, if it's going to wind up in court, it's probably an accident or a robbery or something. But he was there. He saw what was going on. And then there's another kind of witness, and that is the kind of witness that we put on the witness stand to tell a story about what he saw. Is that the labeling? That's the labeling, is the telling the story about what we see. And the answer okay. to, to all of this is stop telling ourselves stories about what we're looking at and, and look instead. I guess I, I was to look, I, to wake up, to see what's going on. But that uh, if if we look at something, anything we see, and then tell ourselves a story about it, even to the point of just giving it a label, then that kind of meditation is going to be missing an awful lot of stuff that you could be looking at instead of labeling. And yet the way the instruction is given is trying to indicate what to do, but because they talk about it, it looks like that they're labeling. For instance, labeling rising, falling, touching, sitting. We don't want to label rising, falling, touching, sitting. We want to notice it, to note it well, to see it, to, be, to experience it, to know what it is to take a long, deep in-breath. And to know what it's like to do a long, deep out breath. Okay, so, but telling ourselves uh, in, out, or rising, falling, that, mm, <laughs> let us say, um, not right effort. And of course, it's not satisfying. What's the point of even doing that? What's the point of this labeling? Why would anybody want to do that? I was under the assumption that it aids in recognition of those the sensations that are part of them. Part of what I'm supposed to be recognizing. Okay. But but recognizing it is one thing, and telling yourself a story about it is something else. Okay, so now we understand that much. Okay, what's the point of recognizing it? What's the point of seeing it? to be mindful of it. So what? You're standing in the middle of the road. You look and you see a great big truck bearing right down on you. You're quite mindful. You watch that truck coming. You see how fast it's coming. And you let it run right over you. What was the point of being mindful of that truck? 
so you could know to jump out of the way. Well, why didn't you? Or more precisely then, why don't you? Why, do, if we're going to be mindful of something, are we going to let it just roll right on? No. In this sense, when I said you look at a, at a Mack truck and barreling right down on you, I left out a key ingredient. And that is, is that you probably don't want that truck to run over you. All right, so you can see that Mack truck coming then as Duca. And if you see it as Duca, then you can get out of the way of it. It won't run over you. So the noting method that you're doing is missing a key ingredient. And that is get out of the way. <laughs> you're too busy labeling it. You're too busy giving all the details of that Mack truck bearing down on you without actually getting out of its way. And that's the whole point of taking a look. Is so you can see what to do to get out of the way of it, to avoid it. And in this regard, this is what we mean by taking an action that leads to the end of action. Because if you do the simple thing of standing out of, its, out of the way of the truck, that's a very small action. But if you don't stand out of the way and it runs over you and the hospital wagon comes and you get into put in the hospital and you've got doctors all around you and you feel really bad, look at all of that action. And look at just a simple action of standing out of the way, a little action prevents a whole lot of action. An action that brings the end of action, okay? But you're not. You're just labeling. You're just noting it and letting it run right over you. Yeah. And then you have the feelings of it running right over you. What is that? What was the word you used? You didn't use uh, the word fed annoyed. Up. Fed up. <laughs> but maybe it's not the noting that you're fed up with. Maybe it's, in fact, the noting is the fact that you're beginning to look at what you're doing in your mind and you're becoming fed up with that. It's not the noting that you're fed up with. It's the fact that you can see a bunch of crap and you don't like it very much. So is it like that you don't like looking or is it you don't like after looking what you see? Which is it? Is it the actual noting itself or the looking that you're fed up with? Or is it what you find when you look? Uh, I think it's what I don't find. Pardon? I think it's what I don't find. Uh, I don't know. I. I, 
maybe I'm, I'm going into the practice with the hope that something will happen. Yeah, I but you're not it. making anything happen, so you're just sitting there hoping. Yeah. Now you're getting fed up with hoping. Yeah. So you're still not taking the right action, which is to stand out of that way of uh, uh, stuff. So let's introduce it from this perspective. The Buddha talks about that there are two kinds of thought. There is wholesome thought and unwholesome thought. And that we talk about wholesome and unwholesome in, in classical ways in, in the sense of um, being harmless, uh, free from ill will, free from greed, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, that is um, that classical language doesn't really fit into uh, the modern ways of, of thinking. So basically, we can talk about that the wholesome thoughts are the kinds of thoughts that allow us to feel good, and unwholesome thoughts are those thoughts when we have them, we tend to feel bad. All right. And so you wind up with your practice of feeling bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the feeling bad that you're doing is your own natural habit. That's the old habit. You wind up feeling bad throughout your life. Whenever you have a choice about how you're going to feel about something, am I going to feel good about it or am I going to feel bad about it? You're generally, if you're doing what you normally do, the normal thing that people are doing is follow their habit. And your habit will probably take you into feeling bad because that's the habit that you've developed. So you literally have developed the habit of feeling bad. Now it's time to develop a habit of feeling good. Which means that why are this noting? To note that you feel bad. So that you can decide I'm going to not feel bad. I'm not going to be uh, feeling bad and ignorant about it and just sitting here feeling bad in a stupid sort of way. I'm at least going to wake up to see that I feel bad and when I'm going to make the right action to start to feel good again. It's that easy. But you've been missing that key ingredient. You think that noting is going to be of some value all on its own. Okay. Um, in uh, many food production systems, they have uh, inspections along the way. Let us say that uh, tomatoes are coming by on a great conveyor belt. And the inspector's job is to note which uh, uh, tomatoes he wants to leave on the conveyor belt because they're good and ready for sale, and those that have gotten mashed or mushy or uh, stinky, they've gotten rotten, they're no good. And so the inspector then is going to make the distinction between the rotten ones and the good ones, right? But what happens if he just labels them or maybe he does go so far as to put a little sticker on it? saying this passes, this fails, this passes, and this fails, but he leaves them all on the conveyor belt. 
it's not going to do very good to do much good. <laughs> Isn't that about the same thing as seeing that Matt truck bearing down on us? And we just let it happen. Yeah. All right. So if we can think now of the conveyor belt as the mind, and it is actually simplified so that there's not a dozen uh, tomatoes coming down all at the same time. But in fact, there's only one. Only one thought tomato happening at any particular time. And your choice is, is that a thought worth having or not? Yeah. And if it's not worth having, throw it out and let's put another thought in there that is worth having. So the next thought is going to be, aha, out. You're out of here. So the first thought is the bad thought. Now we see it. Now we're going to throw it out. That's one's right action that leads to the end of action of having a bunch of rotten tomatoes in our produce. So you have to be there for it and throw that thought out. You have to know what's wholesome and what is not wholesome. Yeah, I, 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 I've been doing that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, in, in my, uh, so like a week ago, I stopped doing the, the noting, but I, it was the, the labeling that I stopped doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was noting, observing, watching the breath, and I would to uh i don't know if i call it a trick but to 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 maintain joy in my head and then i would know that i got distracted if i forgot to maintain the joy and then i'd bring it up again all right well that sounds better do you feel uh uh, disgusted and uh, overwhelmed or anxious or what was the word you used? Fed up. Fed up. So no, when you're joyful, you're not fed up, is it right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I so yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, the, the, this practice feels good, so I, I, I'm more encouraged to do it. Well, that's the whole point then, isn't it? that you've got to encourage yourself to do it. And the way that we do it, uh, that encouragement is through the success of doing it. That way I can feel good. I don't have to feel bad. And that's remarkable because most people have been in fact feeling bad all their lives looking for something on the outside to feel good about. But when they do feel good about it, it's always so temporary and they're fleeting. The guy buys a new car and he's really, really excited. And that first day he'll drive it to his cousin's house and then he'll drive it over to Uncle Bob and all of that kind of stuff. But when that first mortgage payment comes due, he's not so much in love with that car anymore. All the joy, all the thrill is gone. And so um, we recognize that material goods do not bring that any anything lasting at all but that we also through meditation begin to un, uh, understand that wait a minute i can recreate that anytime i want to and i don't have to go buy a new car 
because the feeling that I got from buying the new car was something that I did inside my own mind anyway. I thought myself into feeling good associating with buying the new car. Now we can just think of and associate with feeling good simply because I want to feel good and I don't want to have to buy a car to get it. <laughs> <laughs> that skill must be worth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so you can, in fact, manufacture your own good feeling that you don't have to get it from the outside world. The outside world, in fact, the material goods and all of that that you get from society, the feel-good quality of it is quite fleeting. It doesn't last. It's not that valuable. And that um, much of the time we go around feeling bad because we make things important. Like, for instance, your noting becomes important, and therefore <laughs> you don't like it so much. All right? When, but when you're enjoying your practice, then it's light. It's not important. I don't have to get anything out of meditation because I like what I'm getting out of it right now. Yeah. It's not important anymore. Then, in fact, when things are important, that means that we have to go and do. It's almost like problems. Everybody has a whole long list of problems. You ask anybody. Okay? You can get a whole pool of students, and you can say, all right, today's assignment, sit down with a piece of paper and a pen or pencil and list your problems. And everybody's going to put a bunch of stuff down. All right? I am that problem in the sense that it's my job to, fit, to, to solve my problems. But if we have wisdom, we can recognize, for instance, that most of the problems come from the way we feel. And if we can manage the way we feel, then we don't have any problems. For instance, if I don't like something, then I've got a problem. I've got to go do something about it. But if I don't care, then it's not a problem. And so when we come to the point of having no problems, that means that nothing is important enough to be a problem. And then you have nothing to do, no place to go, no problems to solve. Everything becomes hunky-dory. Life is easy. Because you don't got any problems. Why do you don't have any problems? It's because you don't have any bad feelings that you can't just change to good feelings. And you can do that any time that you can remember to do it. It's not some skill that, oh, five years from now you can do what I'm talking about. No, you can do it within the next 10 seconds. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> that this is the correct practice. With the word noting, we can say note it well and let it pass. That's the quality of the noting. Is to note it well. Aha, dukkha. I see you, Myra. Out. Out. Go out. I don't want that. I'm going to have a happy feeling instead. And in fact, aha, I see you, Myra, is actually quite a happy feeling. Happy thought. Other happy thoughts was, whoa, I'm glad I don't have to think about that anymore. Oh, I don't have to write that email right now. Oh, I don't even have to think about that email right now. No, I don't have to go to the bank right now. Right now, everything is good. So when fear comes up, oh, there's no animals, there's no snakes, there's no robbers, there's no cops, there's no mafia. 
I'm safe. So why should I feel unsafe? Because if we feel unsafe ignorantly, then that un, uh, unsafeness will lead to problem solving. Oh, I've got to go do something to feel safe. And so uh, one story I tell is about the old man in a hovel many centuries, thousands of years ago, and he's laying in his um, uh, what he would consider his bed, and he feels tension, anxiety, fear come up. And then he has the idea, oh, I know what's wrong. I've got to go fix the fence. So he gets up out of bed in the night and he goes out and he finds some stones and he rebuilds his fence because he knows that if he doesn't rebuild the fence right then and there, that the wolves are going to come in or the sheep and goats are going to jump out. And so he fixes his fence. He goes back and he lays down in bed again and the anxiety comes back. Perhaps the anxiety was there all along and he just didn't notice it because he was too busy building the fence to figure out how he felt. But one thing that we know for sure, and that is, is that he, the thought that he had of the problem that caused the anxiety was to go fix the fence. Now, fixing the fence may have gotten the fixed fence, but it, the original intention of fixing the fence was so he didn't feel so bad. And it didn't work. How many times has that happened to you? You think that you'd feel bad and that if you go do something, you'll feel better. And when you do it, you still don't feel better. Many, many times. Okay. So why go do those things at all? Why not just sit here and, and fix a way, find a way of feeling better directly? And by doing it that way, we wind up having not so many jobs to do. Because most of the jobs we do is trying to escape our own bad feelings. I guess... Uh... Well, you oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Confusion is like that. This is a radical way of looking at it, that you do, in fact, have a choice over the way that you're going to feel. And that you can talk yourself into feeling good, just like you've been talking yourself into feeling bad with having all those problems to solve. But now you don't have any problems to solve except that dealing with the bad feelings. And so this is what we're beginning to do with the noting, is to note how we feel. Pay attention to how you feel. Pay attention to your posture. Pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to the kind of thoughts that you're having. This is what sati and investigation is all about. But that's only half the point. The second point is take the right effort to change. 
to take the right effort, to take a deep breath, to take the right effort of throwing that uh, unwholesome thought out of the mind, to take the right effort to feel good. And that right effort of feeling good then generates the right attitude of, I can do this. I can do it now. I can do it later. I'm no longer a, um, a, a failure. Before I was a failure. Why was I a failure? Is because every time I had a bad feeling and I went to solve that problem, and when I solved the problem, I still felt bad. But now we're going to find a way of feeling good directly, and we like that. We feel like we can do it. We feel successful. So that feeling of success we want to capitalize on. That's a skill to be developed. Confidence. Can do. I can do this. But the doing that we're doing now is a very small doing in order to prevent a whole bunch of other doing. An example of that would be, let's turn the garden hose off. Because if we, if we don't turn it off, then look at all that water is going to go out. Flood the whole town. All I have to do is just turn that dial, turn that off. So that's the right effort, is to turn that spigot off. Put something wholesome in the mind instead, something joyful. Tell yourself jokes. Sing yourself songs. Do whatever you do to cheer yourself up. Because you deserve it. You deserve to have a happy life. Not so heavy. They say that the reason that angels can fly is because they take themselves so lightly. So, don't take all of this heavy. Become right. Everything, you know, lighten up. Enjoy your life. Things are not as important as you've been told. You've been lied to. All those things that, that used to be important, now you can say, wait a minute, I know what's important now. Nothing. <laughs> That means I got nothing that I have to go do and I can lighten up and be joyful because I got no jobs to do. No, no worries. <laughs> so. Maybe you won't be um, doing the same kind of noting because the kind of noting that you're doing just stays in it. We have to note it well and get out of it. Let it pass. Aha, I see you, Myra. I can see that I'm having thoughts that are unwholesome. Yeah. So you're ready to do that? Yeah, I am. You sure? I think I am. <laughs> okay, all right. That's what I'm looking for. Right, I want some confidence going. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. I can do that. 
Of course I can feel good. I know how. I've done it before, at least once or twice. I can do it again. Yeah. Yeah. This is the kind, what we're doing is with the Dhamma, we're using the wholesome. In fact, everything that we've been talking about in this uh, talk has been wholesome talk. The Dhamma is wholesome. But when we're not thinking about the Dhamma, we're thinking generally then thinking about whatever we're in the habit of thinking about, which is really a mixture of wholesome and unwholesome. Yeah. And sometimes we have a whole lot of wholesome and only a little bit of wholesome. And so we need to turn that around every time that we recognize that this is an unwholesome thought, throw it out. So what kind of thoughts, thoughts, for instance, could be unwholesome just by their very nature? Thoughts of the past. Thoughts of the future. Thoughts of planning. Thoughts of work to do. Thoughts that are of right now, uh, not right now. Like thoughts of, oh, I should be doing something else so you you're watching youtube and then you have the the thought of oh i should be meditating now well that's an unwholesome thought why don't you enjoy the youtube if that's what you're doing enjoy it so when you're in the moment be in the moment enjoy the moment and when you're not in this moment get into this moment why? Because there are only two places you could have been, and that was in the past or in the future. So staying out of the past and staying out of the future and stay in the here now, and you'll stay in the wholesome. Wanting to be enlightened, that's in the future. I want something I don't have. But, oh, this is nice right now. Then I don't want anything. Can you do that? I think so. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, you can do it. Anybody can. With the right attitude. If you have the wrong attitude, I'm not sure. Oh, gosh, this noting is so much. That's just an attitude change. And so we have to add that right attitude to the Eightfold Noble Path. To look, to see, and to know that we can see, that we can look, that we are successful. That we're not <clears throat> failures. So do you have any questions about this? This is just one little thing, but it'll change your practice if you do it. Um, not, not right now. Honestly, I think I'm just, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to rewatch this tomorrow. All right. <laughs> Good.
we'll leave it that you're tired right now, but you still are leaving this with the I can do this attitude. Yeah. Right. Never mind. Start again. All right. Well, we'll leave it that way and we'll see you in the next few days. And give me a report yeah. back on how your practice has changed. Okay. Sounds All good. All right. Okay. See you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.